Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, November 27th, and this is your FT News Briefing. We're doing something a little bit different today. We're taking a look at an advancement in artificial intelligence. And why not? If it gets powerful enough, it could change our workplaces, our workforces, even entire industries. And while AI is not quite ready to do the jobs that humans do, it doesn't seem too far off either. We'll take a look at one company in particular whose AI could change how humans write. I'm Mark Filipino, and without further ado, let's get into it. If you've written an email in Gmail lately, you might notice that Google is trying to finish your sentences for you. Lightly colored text predicts and then suggests what words you're about to write. This is just a small sample of the power of what's going on in artificial intelligence and the written word. Take GPT-3. It's a new language generation model, and it's caused a sensation in the artificial intelligence world over the past few months. But is it really a breakthrough in the advance towards human-level artificial intelligence, or is it just a glorified chatbot? John Thornhill, the FT's innovation editor, is in the studio to help us answer the question. Welcome to the news briefing, John. Hi. So, John, what exactly is GPT-3? How does it work? Well, it's an extremely powerful machine learning system that generates text automatically with a kind of minimum human prompts. It's um, trained on an enormous amount of data. OpenAI, the company that developed it, basically read the entire internet. It is therefore very good at recognizing patterns. And as you're saying earlier, it's a bit like a kind of super sophisticated autocomplete function. Uh, You prompt it and then it will complete a pattern of language. Where else, you know, I talked about autocomplete. Where are we likely to have already encountered text that's been written by GPT-3? Well, there are lots of other kind of language generation tools out there. So there's another company called Narrative Science, for example, which uh, you almost certainly will have seen the output of their work. So they uh, would take your stock market portfolio, they can use the program to analyze it and then write text off the, the basis of that to say that your tech stocks have done extremely well this year, your pharmaceutical stocks have done well, your real estate stocks have not done so well. I think what's remarkable about GPT-3 is that it's the first kind of general purpose AI that's out there in kind of language generation. And I think that's what's really kind of struck AI researchers. It's that the speed, the scale and the versatility of this program, which is just extraordinary. Tell us a little bit more about OpenAI. Well, GPT-3 was developed by OpenAI, which is very interesting, kind of San Francisco-based research lab turned company. Um, It was founded in 2015, and uh, some of Silicon Valley kind of luminaries like Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and Reid Hoffman put in a billion dollars to set it up. And its mission is to develop AI for the benefit of humanity. It's a very kind of mission-driven organization. Since then, it has become more of a commercial entity, enabling it to issue equity to some of its employees, because you can imagine a lot of these are very kind of hot property in the valley. And they have since signed a deal with Microsoft, which is um, gives them a license to use GPT-3. But at the moment, it's um, very tightly controlled who can have access to it. So far, about 2,000 organizations, researchers are using it. OpenAI really wanted to release it in a controlled environment to see how it develops. Um, They have the ability to switch users off if they think they're abusing it. But more interestingly, in a way, uh, they are using all this experimentation to 
create the next generation of uh, uh, GPT uh, numbers. A model is kind of constantly learning. They hope that they can prevent some of the bad outcomes by just modifying its behavior. Jenny, you talked to one academic who said GPT-3 was merely adept at, quote, spinning bullshit and have pointed out that the mismatch between capability and understanding could, in some circumstances, be dangerous. Could you give us some examples? Well, the important thing to stress, I think, is that GPT-3 has no understanding. It has no sense of a meaning of what it is producing. This is just an an imitation machine um, that is just spewing out the text that mathematically appears likely. And therefore, people could use it in very bad ways. I mean, it could be used for disinformation, I think, is the one that people most worry about. Um, And we had an example a few years ago with a chatbot developed by Microsoft called Tay, which very quickly became gamed by people who were interacting with it to spew out kind of racist and um, sexist language. Um, And in a sense, that is a real danger uh, for something like GBT3 because it is trained on uh, pretty much the entire internet. And that is, for better or worse, a pretty fair representation of humanity. There is some as we all know, very dark cesspools out there of human uh, behavior and attitudes. Um, And GPT-3, unless it was instructed not to do this, would kind of access those areas as well and would be likely to kind of repeat some of those tropes, as it were. Sam Altman uh, is the chief executive of OpenAI and sees GPT-3 as a precursor to general-purpose artificial intelligence that could transform human productivity. How does he see it being used for good? When I spoke to Sam a while back, he was talking about how a GPT-3 can be used to write code. Um, I mean, I think you would still want to check it very carefully before you put it into operation. But that is an incredibly interesting area of development, I think, that writing software is a pretty much an artisanal activity at the moment. Could this be developed on a more kind of industrial basis? That would be one outlet. Uh, the second one that he was experimenting with was um, drafting emails. So just as you were saying earlier, kind of Google is predicting what you can write in an email. GPT-3 could write your entire email. You would want to edit it and check that it wasn't saying anything wrong or outrageous. But that would be a use of it. And I think perhaps most interestingly and relevant to uh, the kind of times that we're in at the moment, uh, there is one of the researchers that has got access to GPT-3 who has been using it to search all the latest research on COVID and is trying to create a smart search function for COVID research so that you could put into their system, can you be reinfected? And it would then scan all of the relevant research and summarize um, some of the the research that is being produced. Yeah, it brings me to a question that comes up in these sorts of conversations all the time. And I do feel obligated to ask it because it is important. And that is, are we anywhere close to this type of tool being used to take over jobs being done by humans? And, and it's especially pressing now in a pandemic when companies that are, are struggling are, are really looking for ways to reduce costs and not be so reliant on people who get sick. I think more generally, without doubt, uh, machine learning systems are beginning to replace humans in all kinds of activities. I mean, I think the hope in all of this, and um, when you talk to a lot of AI companies and people developing this, is that we could lead to augmented intelligence, that the most powerful combination of technology is using technology to automate a lot of the kind of dull and repetitive functions that we all have in our work lives and enable us to focus on the higher value added areas. 
Speaking of which, let's take the thing that, you know, we probably know best, which is journalism, writing stories. Uh, How would you feel about reading an article in the FT, say, that's been written by GPT-3? Would you trust it? I I have to say, I think I would be a little conflicted. I think it depends on what it's writing. So, I mean, already a number of kind of news organizations are using kind of um, language generation technology to produce reports. Uh, I think AP use it um, in California when they hook it up to uh, seismographic machines. When there's an earthquake, it will automatically produce a report that um, there was an earthquake in this particular part of California. It measured this on the Richter scale. Um, So for narrow domains like that, I think these systems are probably incredibly accurate and fast and trustworthy. I think where it gets more interesting is where it, uh, the more general they become. There was rather a fun example uh, of where one of the researchers asked GPT-3, how many eyes are there on my foot? And GPT-3 didn't respond, this is a ridiculous question. It said, there are two eyes on your foot. So it gets back to that sense of it doesn't have any understanding of what it is producing. Um, and you hope at least that kind of op-eds that appear in the FT have some sense of what they're understanding and what they're supposed to be expressing. John Thornhill is the FT's innovation editor. Thanks for joining us, John. Thanks, Mark. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon and me, Mark Filipino. We had help from Gavin Coleman, Michael Bruning, and Amy Keene. Our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.